Welcome to the Self Love Breakfast Club, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, and of course, self love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self love for breakfast. Hello and happy Wednesday, my beautiful friends. Thank you so much for showing up today at the Self Love Breakfast Club. We have another awesome episode, if I do say so myself. And today is a little different. I used to be a dating and relationship blogger. And so I was always writing about dating and relationships, how to improve your relationship, how to find love. And pretty much every single thing I wrote wasn't really about the other person or finding that external happiness. It was more about the internal and applying that to your relationship and the internal and applying that to your dating life. So that has always been something really big and important to me. And so with the self-love podcast, I thought... What an opportunity to kind of share something I went through that was crushing. (laughs) It definitely made me more of who I am today, but I was in a controlling relationship. And gosh, I wish I had a little bit more self-love before I had gone into it. You know, it definitely made me more of who I am today. It helped me to just become so much stronger. And I've definitely not repeated that. <laughs> Some people get into patterns and with with partners, and I definitely did not repeat that. So I'm really grateful. And at times now, I'm very grateful for having had that experience. But it definitely, you know, it makes me want to just kind of like share about it. So maybe I can help some women avoid getting into something similar, or maybe you're in something similar and you want to get out of it, or maybe you just need help realizing it and you're not quite ready to get out. Controlling relationships, anyone, anyone can, I guess, fall victim to being in a controlling relationship, being controlled by someone you love. Red flags aren't always red when you when you see them. If you've never seen them before, you don't realize that it's a red flag. And that was really a lot of what happened here in this situation. I just have never been this kind of person or had this experience. I wanted to share it with you guys. No products today. Not really going to talk about my coaching. I am working on creating a self-love for life year-long program, which I am so freaking excited about, you guys. <laughs> like, I cannot wait to share this with you when I have it pretty much ready to go. So you'll be hearing more about that really, really soon. But until then, we are here and we are going to talk about the nine red flags that are signs of a controlling man. So several years ago, I was sitting in my car and Love the Way You Lie came on the radio. And I had never heard it before, but every word felt like a razor blade tearing at the fibers of my heart. 
Every hair on my body stood on end, and I suddenly, involuntarily, without warning, just burst into tears. The breakup had been almost an entire year before, but those angry and sad words flashed right back, and they brought me right back to that relationship with an incredibly controlling man. I'm not going to use his name, but we will call him Abaddon, (laughs) which in Greek mythology is known as the destroyer. If you've read my book, then you know the hell I went through with him. And I'm tired of people saying that a woman is stupid for falling in love with a controlling guy or an idiot for staying with him. The signs of a controlling man aren't obvious, and it's not like they're just your run-of-the-mill douchebags. They are systematic, calculated, and manipulative. You can be an ultra-confident, badass woman and still fall prey. And I know this because it happened to me. Red flag number one, he attaches to you too quickly. When I first met Abaddon, he did and said all of the right things. He paid incredible attention to even the tiniest of details, and I felt like he actually cared about what I had to say. It was so easy to fall for him, especially because he made it clear he was falling for me. Quote, I feel like the brightest star has fallen by my side. Finally, here was a man that recognized my worth right off the bat. He built me up on my pedestal, told me he loved me, and wanted to be with me forever. I was hooked. Now, of course, while I believed I was a confident, strong woman, there were definitely some insecurities down deep beneath. I wanted love. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be wanted. And when he came along, he gave me everything that I had been needing and wanting. And I fell right in. You know, in most circumstances, feelings, especially for men, they develop over time. But these controlling guys, they invent these feelings because they know it's what they need to display in order to lure you in. Red flag number two. He asks, then tells. In the beginning, Abaddon would ask me small things to change that I didn't see as a big deal. And then he'd up the stakes a bit until finally he was telling me what I could and couldn't do. Hey, babe, that skirt's kind of short. Do you mind wearing shorts underneath it? Became, you're not fucking wearing that. Go change. I think whenever a man tells you what you cannot, cannot wear or if he feels uncomfortable with your choice in clothing, that's him not accepting you for who you are. If you put something on and you feel amazing in it, The man by your side should be happy that you feel amazing in what you're wearing. And a lot of the times, it's not like you're wearing a G-string out in public, you know? Generally, it's maybe a little bit of cleavage. Maybe the shorts are short or the skirt is short or tight or something like that. It's nothing crazy. And if it is, well, if that's what you feel good in. But, you know, in these instances, it's usually not anything too crazy or too bad. But they have a way of making you feel like you're being inappropriate. So when we as humans say yes to simple requests and we continue to say yes as the stakes are raised, we're more likely to continue saying yes. Intrinsically, after having said yes to someone so many times, we feel like we can no longer tell them no. And this starts really small. Like for example, If I asked you to borrow a dollar and you happen to have a dollar in your purse, you'd say yes, right? Like, it's just a dollar. 
maybe next time I saw you, I, I was like, hey, can I have, a, like, do you have a five? I need it from valet or something stupid, right? Sure. And as the requests get bigger and bigger, you just feel like you cannot say no. They start out so simple. And that's how these men start out. They start with really simple requests that don't seem unreasonable. These men are smart and they're not going to start making demands right off the bat. Protect yourself by saying no to things in the beginning that you don't see a point in changing or if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Red flag number three, where did everyone go? Another major sign of a controlling man is that he will isolate you from friends, family, and pretty much anyone who isn't them. None of my friends liked Abaddon. Neither did my family. So he didn't like them, which meant I wasn't really allowed to see them often. Usually he'd decide a friend was a whore and a bad influence, and that was that. A lot of the times, our friends and family, the people who love us the most, the people who are closest to us, can see right through these men because they don't see what we would call the sweet side. Oh, but you don't see, you know, how he is, blah, blah, blah. But they see our pain and they see us struggling. And sometimes we feel safe to share with them how he makes us feel. But then in the same breath, we will defend him, especially if they jump to be like, hey, that's messed up. <laughs> we are just like, oh, no, 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 but you, you don't understand and all of that and make excuses for him. So eventually we start to become more and more isolated from the people that we love because we don't want to have to keep explaining ourselves. We don't want to have to keep defending him. And sometimes we just know he's not defensible. And so our friends, people we love, we stop seeing as often. And they slowly fade away until it feels like we have no one. If your friends and especially your family don't like him, and this is early on, scrap him. They know you and they care about you. And clearly, they can sense that there's something off about this guy. Red flag number four. Hobbies? What hobbies? If you suddenly find yourself no longer doing the things you enjoy or care about because your quality time together will suffer you're probably being controlled. It's difficult for him to keep you on a short leash if you're always running off to yoga or tennis practice or literally anything that takes your time away from him. And I'm not talking about how when it's new and you want to spend all your time together, because I think sometimes we as women will fall into that trap where we kind of abandon all the stuff that we like doing because we love hanging out with this one person. And then before we know it, we're like, Oh, shit. <laughs> Where'd all the things that I like to do go or, or they become like the only person in our life? This is more of, I mean, that's not, obviously that's not healthy either, but this is more of a, he doesn't like you spending time away from him. In my experience, there has definitely been, you know, there was a time where I wanted to volunteer and I came home. I was so excited. I came home and I told him and he was like, you didn't run that by me. And I was like, what? And I was like, I'm going to teach, you know, illiterate adults how to read. Like I was so excited. And he was like, well, you can't, this is another part, but he was like, you can't work with men. Like you can't teach men to read. That's basically like being on a date, which I thought was insane. Like, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like, 
what? And it killed me that it was like, here I was like wanting to do this amazing thing. Like I felt like it was such a gift to be able to help someone learn to read. And all he could see was that I was taking time away from him. So I had to like promise it wouldn't take time away from him and promise I would only work with women. (laughs) So he made it seem like it was going to take away from our relationship when really it's so important to have your own things. It's so important for you to have your hobbies and for him to have his separate from each other. And then you can come back to each other and your relationship is that much better because you have your own things that bring you joy aside from just the relationship. That's a healthy relationship, having hobbies, interests, activities outside from each other, period. Being up each other's asses doesn't mean you love each other more than other couples who have lives outside of their love. Having a whole full life is so important, separate from another person, just for you. And hobbies are just another thing that that's just for you. Red flag number five, he murders your confidence. When a man starts out off the bat showering you with love and praise, it's easy to feel more confident than before. Unfortunately, when he starts picking you apart, that confidence can sail right out the window and splatter all over the sidewalk. After about four to six months with Abaddon, our sex life began to dwindle. It wasn't long before we were only doing it once a month, if that. When we did have sex, he acted as though he were doing me a favor. In fact, he'd hardly touched me at all, for any reason. I was convinced there was something wrong with me, that I was unattractive to him, or that I was just undesirable in general. That, amongst other things, chipped away at the confidence I had in myself. When it comes to the subject of sex, I think also a controlling man can kind of flip the script in a way too. Like there are other ways that he may chip away at your confidence and maybe tell you you're stupid or you're dumb and just like make you feel like the worst person ever and just constantly put you down. When it comes to the sex thing, I think there can be two extremes and there's that extreme that I went through where he, he knew that it was important to me and it made me feel loved and wanted. And so he took that away. Now there are some men who are controlling and sexually abusive and they may put pressure on you to have sex with them. They may force you to have sex with them or make you feel bad if you don't want to. And that's not good either. A good man wants you to feel good about yourself, period. Any man that puts you down or tries to make you feel bad about yourself needs to go. Red flag number six. Oh, hello, Mr. Hyde. Does he flip back and forth between being cold and sweet? Are you miserable mostly considering a breakup and then suddenly that amazing loving guy is back making you believe that he's still there somewhere? I used to believe that if I could just stop fucking up and upsetting him, I'd get that guy back. For some reason, no matter how hard I tried or how good I was, he never came back. That guy is not coming back. In fact, I hate to break it to you, but he never even existed. A controlling man is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Once you see what's underneath, that's what you're going to get. There are so many times I have heard a woman say, but in the beginning, he was so this, that, and the other thing, or in the beginning, it was so good. And I see that sometimes, and I know he's still there. I know that man's still there. He's not there. He was never a good guy to begin with. When a man is a controlling person like this, 
all that niceness is calculated. It's not real. It's just a way to lure you in. And then you get stuck with the guy he truly is. The moody, yank you in, push you away guy. The one that makes you feel like crap over and over and over and over again. And then suddenly he's sweet and bringing you flowers and saying he's sorry. And then you feel bad. And so the cycle continues. Red flag number seven, love hurts. Has he put his hands on you? Be honest with yourself here. While he hadn't outright punched me yet, Abaddon would violently grab me, shove me, pull my hair, and bruise me. One time, in front of my sister, he shoved a chip with hot cheese into my mouth and burnt the shit out of it. I cried while he laughed, and then he got angry with me. What the fuck? Any man that physically hurts you on purpose is a man that does not deserve you. This isn't just a sign of a controlling man. It leaves the door open for more physical abuse. The more you allow it and tolerate it, the more it will escalate. Now, there are circumstances where a controlling man will become a violent, abusive man. And I don't have all the answers here. And there are domestic abuse hotlines to call. There are shelters out there and help. But this is something where your safety, and if you have children, is a priority. And of course, you know it is best. And so I urge you to get help if this is what's happening. Again, I can't tell you what to do. But any man who puts his hands on you has deep, deep issues. And it is not your fault. It has actually nothing to do with you and everything to do with who he is as a person. It is never ever, ever your fault. I will be linking the National Domestic Violence Hotline in the show notes, but for your reference, it's 1-800-799-7233. 799-SAFE. Red flag number eight. Hey, you're a crazy bitch. I'm a pretty even-keeled girl, and I tend to dish out trust rather than forcing people to earn it. With Abaddon, I felt crazy. Just nuts. I was paranoid, like he was off cheating every time he left the house. I checked up on him every chance I had. I'd never acted that way before. If he's making you question your sanity like no one else ever has, this is a sign he's controlling you without you even realizing it. (sighs) Here's the thing. A lot of us have insecurities. Absolutely. And yeah, sure, maybe sometimes you're checking up on your boyfriend Because you feel insecure, and that's totally valid, and that happens. However, when we are in a partnership, there are things that can be done for your partner to help build that security. I was in a long-distance relationship, actually, after this particular relationship, and while I only saw him every four to six weeks, I had so much trust for him. I didn't feel like I had to check up on him all of the time. And that wasn't really in me, I don't believe. I think that was in him and how he treated me and how he spoke to me and how he made me feel. And so with this controlling man who chipped away at my confidence and told me I was stupid and and kicked my worth every chance he got, I was so... I felt so unworthy, like he couldn't possibly love me or want me. And if something better came along, he would leave me in a heartbeat for it. And I was just a wreck over it. So that is a totally normal and bright red flag. 
Red flag number nine. Excuse me? You know that friend who's always complaining about what a douche her boyfriend is, but when you suggest she break up with him, she switches gears? You know, oh, you just don't know him like I do. He's actually really sweet. He's not that bad. I'm just having a bad day. Blah, blah, blah. And this goes hand in hand, just like I was saying about being isolated from your friends and your family. When you're in deep, you're going to defend the person that's making you miserable. Even worse, it's more like you're trying to convince yourself rather than who you're defending him to. If I can help one woman realize that she's dating a controlling man or help her to break free from one, then this episode is so, so worth it. There are layers to self-love and self-worth. And all of this has to come from within. And when there are parts and pieces of ourselves that we don't quite feel whole, maybe we aren't able to internally meet our needs with love. And maybe there is something that happened in our past or our childhood that makes us crave love and worthiness. And so we seek it outside of ourselves. And this is prime real estate for a controlling man. So I will leave you guys with this. I hope this was helpful. This is something, like I said, I spent a year and a half with this person and it felt like an eight-year prison sentence. It was the longest time of my life and I was so unhappy and so miserable and just constantly stressed, but I learned a lot here. And the best part is when we broke up, I moved across the country. I literally packed up everything (laughs) I owned, all of my shit, and I put it in a 16-foot U-Haul. And my car was on the back of it. And I left. I drove from San Diego to the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And I didn't look back. And the reason why I left and I went so far away, and luckily I had family in the Charlotte area. But the reason why I left was because I knew if we had broken up two weeks later, he'd be knocking on my door telling me he missed me and that he loved me and that he wanted me back. And I would have caved and I would have went back and then it would have been harder and harder. Every minute with him would have been harder and harder and it would have been so much harder to leave again. So in an act of self-preservation and deep digging to get that self-love to say, Crystal, you need to get out of here. You cannot keep doing this and you will fall back in if you stay. That is where... I made the decision to just leave and (sighs) I'm so grateful that happened. I'm so, so grateful I had the courage to just fight through all of my feelings and all of my fear and get as far away as humanly possible because that's when the rebuild started to happen. That's when I was able to start looking inside myself and at the behaviors that had been so destructive towards myself And I was able to grow into a better human. And that was my goal. I just wanted to be a better person. And it took a lot of time and it took a ton of work. But I can honestly say that who I am today is a person I care for so much and love so dearly. And I am so, so glad that I know what the other side was like so that I can be here today and tell you this. So friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it was heavy. 
I know it was not light like a lot of our episodes are, but I hope you enjoyed it. And if you feel called to share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram stories, I would love that. And if you have had a similar experience, hit me up in my DMs at Rose, X-T-A-L-R-O-S-E, and just tell me about it. I would love to hear about it, girlfriend. Like, we all have who have been through this deserve a friggin' medal. <laughs> so I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in today, you guys. And I will see you on Sunday for Self Love Sunday. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Breakfast Club. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and tag us in your Instagram stories. See you next time. Thank you.